0: What's up, coaches? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sky Coach. Sky Coach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage over opponents utilizing anything else. 24-7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium and in any size crowd, and the most reliable, innovative software available. And also, again, as I've said, you get a butt shot with Sky Coach during the game That is second to none, and it comes in reliably every time uh, as soon as the play is over. To be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. Sky Coach, the market leader in sideline replay. Visit them at myskycoach.com to learn even more. This episode of the podcast is also powerfully brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their programs to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of players and program development. From NFL level coaching communications to cutting edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every single program. Family owned and operated with a customer first mentality, Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. You can visit them online at sidelinepower.com, by email at info at sidelinepower.com, or just give them a call, 800-496-4290. And last, but again, certainly never least, uh, this episode is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents guaranteed. Visit Team Attack Academy at teamattackacademy.com. And that's going to do it for the reads today. On today's episode of RTP, we talk with Eric Ellingworth. Coach E is currently a scouting and personnel assistant with the New York Jets. Prior to the Jets, Coach E was a GA at the University of Florida. Working with the wide receivers. Coach Walls also coached Eric when he was at Augustana University in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Listen as we talk with Coach E about his crazy football journey, being a GA in the SEC, and managing and coaching so many talented wide receivers and only having one football to go around. You can follow Coach Ellingworth on Twitter at CoachEE. Hope you guys enjoy.
1: coach we we don't have any script we uh we don't like to to do any of that stuff we like to have basically a, a conversation like you and I are sitting down at the AFCA and we're just talking ball so we'll kind of let you Great. uh tell 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 your story about how you kind of grew up through the ranks i know you know your your dad was a pretty big influence in your life uh being an AD and i think he was a coach as well too is that correct
2: right yeah yeah, yeah. he was a, he was a head uh, head football coach for 14 years and then was an assistant, uh, I think three or four years prior to that. So yeah, he's kind of grew up in a football family, that's for sure.
1: So I know you, but, you, just grew, uh, up, you grew up in Minnesota, right? So tell us about small right. town, small town football, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and then kind of kind of walk us through your career, man, and, and we'll just kind of ask questions as you go, dude.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, cut me off of if I'm getting too long-winded or, or, or whatever <laughs> too, but yeah, man, it, I, I uh, you know, first of all, it's great to appreciate you having me on it's you know it's just good to catch up with you a little bit because i know it's been a while but I still get fired up every time i get a text from you or, or see uh see we're liking the same barstool video on instagram <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's good to catch up but anyway yeah i grew up in in redwood falls minnesota uh small town 5,000 5,500 people southwestern minnesota um grew up you know with my dad my dad was a coach my older brothers um, you know played played football for a long time had a lot of success and and uh I got a younger sister who's who's probably more educated on the game of football than than most guys out there um and, and maybe even some coaches she's she kind of she grew up with uh, obviously my dad and my and my old, older brother and myself and I think my mom's been to more football games than than uh probably 95 percent of the population so Definitely grew up in a football family. My dad was the head coach for 14 years, and his assistant for three, four years prior to that. He played football at Bemidji State in college, um, and then, uh, yeah, and then he kind of climbed the ranks a little bit. Got out of, or uh, once he became the AD, the school policy was he couldn't couldn't be the head coach and the AD at the same time, which I know that's still the case in a lot of places. Um, and then you know was a middle school principal, and now he's the superintendent, been the superintendent at Redwood Valley for. Shoot, I think twenty four, twenty five years now. So the cool thing about that, I mean, like I said, growing up in a in a sports family or a football family, is I always had keys to the to the varsity field, and and you know, we'd tell my mom we're going over there there to play touch football, but uh, you know, that was a it, it was you know not touch at all. We were playing lights out tackle football with with my brother and his friends. You know, who are three years older than me, and I, I found out pretty quick that the only reason they asked me to play. Was just so they could just, you know, use me as a as a tackling dummy. So uh, and I'd always get the lecture from my brother. You better not tell mom that that uh, you know that that we tackled you or anything like that because she was always pretty concerned that I was for sure two hand touch. But uh, you know, it's just luxurious just being able to to always have keys to to uh, open the fence to the varsity field and you know I played basketball and ran track and grew up playing baseball and things like that. So it was, you know, just with Growing up uh, with parents who were educators, my mom was an English teacher. You know, I always had keys to the gym. Um, and I just think that, that that was one of the coolest things of my childhood and one of the privileges that, you know, that I'll always look back on and say that was one of the coolest things of my life is, you know, I had every opportunity to go to the gym and, and you know, shoot a few jump shots or, or I always had an opportunity to go to the varsity field and play catch with my dad or my brother. or or friends. Uh, I I was very fortunate in that regard. And, you know, that's what really put, um, you know, gave me a a love for the game and a love to compete and, uh, you know, things of that nature. And from there, you know, like I said, I played basketball, football, ran track all throughout high school, was fortunate to be a part of some pretty good teams in high school um, and and have some success in, in all three sports. And then my older brother went to Augustana, uh division two school in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And uh three years later, uh I followed suit. Um you know, he was there and it was kinda he's always been, you know, I've always looked at him as kind of my role model and my best friend and he was a senior and I was a freshman. We always kinda had that three year mark where other than running track, we never were really on the same same team. Um so going to Augustana was an opportunity for me to play with my brother and get a good education and 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 you know, having a a great football experience, I was—I love telling people that you know the coaches I had at at, at, you know small Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota are some of the best that you know I think are in this game. You you look at Brad Salem, who's now at Michigan State—you know, quarterback coach there. Uh, He was my position coach for a while, and uh, you know, Mike Aldrich was, was my head coach my senior year, and and you know he's one of the smartest people football in football and and away from football you know that I've ever been around he knows more he's got more knowledge than than you know most people he he was he was a great influence on my life and the guy that recruited me and um you know uh I think a coach uh Brett Chambers and and um obviously coach Walls you know was my receiver coach pretty much my redshirt freshman year I mean you know Later, John Van Dam, he, he's kind of who, who brought me to Florida later on. And, and I mean, it's just – I was very, very – what I'm getting at is I was very, very fortunate to be surrounded by great teachers of the game. And, and I left Augustana College, you know, as a, um, you know with an opportunity to, to see the field a lot and, and have a lot of success. And I left there going, well, I don't think I could have been a, a better football player Right, I, I basically what I'm getting at is I think I, I reached my, my full potential. You know, I was still slow, I was still small, I was still pretty weak. But, you know, the fine tuning that, that that I received just through my coaching there, you know, I, I think really helped me maximize my potential. And that's, you know, something that I was really fortunate to receive that I, I think is rare. I think it's um, it's cool it's
1: cool for you to say, too, because, I mean, uh, not only did those guys coach you, but the, a lot of those guys became, you know, relationships that you have for life. And then ultimately, you know, a guy like Coach Van Dam ended up hooking you up with getting some of your later opportunities. You know, to me, that's just kind right. of what, what football is all about. You know, you build that relationship, and all of a sudden now you're like, well, hey, I'm, I'm looking to get into coaching. And it's guys that coached you, you know, not necessarily guys that you played with. Are the guys that help hooking you up and getting into the business?
2: Oh, no doubt. I mean, that's that's what you know. People always—it's kind of cliche, but people always say, you know, you know, the game of football is, you know, just one big fraternity, you know. And that's obviously you, you're on the field with your buddies, and you're you got the blood, sweat, tears, all that stuff. But I mean, really, it's the relationships you build with your your teammates and your coaches, you know, behind the scenes. That I mean. He, you keep up with those guys throughout the rest of your life. And like you said, I mean, it's those relationships, those quality relationships that, um, you know, create opportunities for everybody down the road. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right in that regard. So did you major then
1: in education and coaching? Did you always kind of know that was what you wanted to do? Or is it something maybe that you, you tried something else out and then you got back into it? Because I've seen guys that have done both, you know, guys that knew they were going to coach. And there was guys that, okay, yeah, I miss coaching.
2: Right. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great question. And for me, it was, I, I'll never forget. It was, um, start of my sophomore year. So, uh, you know, I redshirted. So my third year, and we're getting ready to play St. Cloud State. And, uh, a week before the game, Coach Salem calls me in his office and says, Hey, as of right now, you're not eligible to play game one. And I'm going, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I was an academic all-conference last year. I mean, it's not like I'm academically, you what's going on? He goes, yeah. well, yeah, you haven't declared a major. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and, uh, and that was something, in the, you know, I kind of put off, and it wasn't because I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was just I was kind of interested in, in a variety of different things. Um, you know, I didn't know if I, if I wanted to just put all my eggs in, in a business major basket or get an edu- education. and kind of mapped it out with Coach Salem and my advisor and, and realized that, you know, with that redshirt year, with full five years, I could get a business major and, uh, you know, social studies and secondary education degrees, you know, if I did summer school and didn't flunk any classes and <laughs> didn't have any slip-ups along the way. So I actually ended up graduating with a business degree and then uh, social studies and secondary ed degrees. And it wasn't really until I student taught that I really knew I wanted to be in the classroom, wanted to teach and kind of that withdrawal because I student taught in the spring and I just got done playing my final season and kind of had that, you know, that withdrawal from football, you know, all my, all the underclassmen and all my buddies that are still playing, you know, we're getting ready for spring ball and, you know, that kind of made me miss it a little more and kind of solidified, you know, my thoughts that, you know, I really want to get back, I want to get into education, I want to teach, I want to coach. You know, I I loved teaching. I loved being in the classroom. Um, But that, doing that, really, you know, provided me the the opportunity to coach as well, and still be around the game. And still, at that time, I thought, you know, just feel that competitive void that I I maybe, you know, would have had had I not gone that route. But what you find is just what you were talking about earlier. You know, it's much bigger than any personal, you know, competitive void or, or having personal success. It's about you know, the same thing you did when you were playing. It's, it's building quality relationships with a, a bunch of unique guys and, and coaches and, and players along the way um, that, you know, it's, that's really what it's all about. And, you know, I'm thankful that I went down that path. And yeah, so so right out of college, I, I, uh, I got a teaching job, got a social studies job at Sioux Falls, Washington High School in, in Sioux Falls. And, you know, you think of South Dakota high school football and yeah, I mean, there's there's not a ton of just all stars that come out of there, but I tell dude, you what, it's a, this, this dude, one it's, come year, on, it's
1: power, it's powerhouse football. Come on, be honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. But uh, you know, I I tell you what, that team I coached that first year at Sioux Falls, Washington, was just absolutely loaded.
1: You guys were um, loaded. It was a good team.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was Utah Austin Cooner was an All American this year at North Dakota State. Nate Gary just won a Super Bowl this year for the Philadelphia Eagles, played at Nebraska. Yep. Yep. Um, Christian Parker went on and played at Montana. Um, You know, John Hander, the quarterback, you know, easily I think could have been an FCS – a very successful FCS uh, quarterback. He decided to go play baseball and pitch at at Kansas. Yep. I mean, it was just – and I know I'm missing a ton – Kian Loggie, you know, was a um, all conference player for USD and went on and, and uh, you know was in training camp with the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs and Devin O'Farrell was a you know starter at USD at middle linebacker. I mean, I could go on. I mean, these I was fortunate year one out of college. You know, I still think I'm in pretty good shape. And
1: we well, probably you know you probably had some of the some of our old line listeners. The Farniak's still there too.
2: You know, I missed miss those guys so. Hmm. Um, Tom was always in the weight room. He was at Iowa state at the time. Derek yep. was at Oklahoma at the time. Missed him by a year, but then their younger brother, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. He's at Nebraska, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt. So yep. Matt, it, so Matt was an eighth. He was an eighth grader at Patrick Henry middle school, I think. And he would be, you know, he was involved in the summer weights and all that stuff. So I, I got to be around him and kind of you know, I, I tell everyone. Yeah, hey, I taught him how to power clean, even though I'm I'm one of the worst power cleaners in the world. But <laughs> you know, I remember just helping him out in the weight room as a young eighth grader, and now he's you know playing in the Big Ten. And uh, so I never never coached a Farniak, but you know those guys are. I mean, I, I feel bad for their parents and their grocery bill because <laughs> I mean you're talking you're talking four Division One uh, offensive linemen in the same household. That I, I imagine they went through a lot of milk. I got to
0: work out with uh, Tom when we were we were both going into the draft that year. I guess we were both uh, the both the same same age, so we got to both work out. We we're both in Houston, and so I met them. And I, I think he stayed down there. He's a he's a uh, uh, strength part of the strength staff on, on the, at the University of Houston now.
2: Oh, awesome! Yeah, you know, I, I didn't know that. That's wow. That's that's cool. Harper, Harper's oh. a big,
1: uh, Harper's a big University of Houston Cougar guy. So he knows all the guys down
0: there. That's right. Now, okay. I, don't, I don't really know any of them anymore. They all left, but, um, but, uh, yeah, big huh. fan. so I try to follow a bunch of them. Um, but saw him on the sidelines one game. I was like, Oh, you're, I didn't know you were up here. And then just looked it up the other day and I think he's still there. So, uh, you know, he was from, okay. uh, I obviously Mc, Yancy McKnight. Is it Yancy Knight? McKnight? What is it? Walls M- McKnight. Yeah. McKnight. Right. And so, um, he was a part of, you know, worked out under him when he was at, at, um, I was still state. state and now obviously he's, he's sure. born up right now at Texas. Everyone loves him. He's are doing a great job. Oh, yeah. I was just to say, so you, good.
1: so you, so you got your, your first job, first gig there at Washington. And then did you head back to Minnesota after that?
2: I did. Yep. So, you know, and it was, it was unique. I, I was a volunteer coach that first year. I, uh, you know, it was, um. Two Falls, Washington is a unique school. I mean, it's very academically driven. And I knew, you know, I kind of had that football tag, I think, to my name. And I wanted, you know, just my my experience in education, I wanted to focus on teaching that first year, you know, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I, I was getting, you know, had a reputation of being a good teacher that first year. And so I wasn't even planning to coach that first year. And and uh, Brian Hermanson who's you know, one of the greatest uh coaches I've been around kind of asked me if I wanted to help out and volunteer a little bit and I did and it was the greatest decision I've ever made and um you know e- even though I'm still early in my coaching career a lot of the things that I've i I do and the things I've learned have come you know straight from Brian Brian Hermanson and Steve Kennedy and I mean those are two two great high school coaches there but yeah so I left left Sioux Falls Washington uh to go teach and coach at Hastings High School in uh in Minnesota it's kind of a southeast suburb or river town there right along the Minnesota Wisconsin border. Um spent three years there. Um and it was it, it was awesome. It was uh you know there that's really when I, I was given a lot of responsibility as a young coach. Um, you know, those three years I I think I I coached so I I was at one point the running backs coach, the receiver coach, the quarterbacks coach, special teams coordinator, pass game coordinator jv head coach i mean it was it was fun from the sense that i got to wear a lot of hats and and uh got to experience a lot of things and and uh have a lot of fun with the kids at the same time um and my reason for kind of heading up to minnesota obviously i'm from minnesota but you know my brother kind of had a plan you know he's still in des moines iowa but he, he kinda always has had a, a plan to move to the twin cities and i don't know where he's, if he's still if that's still on his plate but my uh, that was his plan to head up there. My parents were close to retirement, and figured they'd head up close to that area in, a, you know, within the next five, ten years. And my sister was a, a college student at the University of Minnesota, and she's she lives in Edina right now, uh, which is a a western suburb of the Twin Cities. So I just kind of felt like the timing was right, and I felt felt like my immediate family was all going to end up there. And um, you know, things didn't all go according to that plan. <laughs> kind of <laughs> still scattered all over, but that that was the plan at the time, and and it was awesome, man. It was, uh, Hastings is a, is a a cool community and, uh, worked for head coach Dana Strain who, I mean, he's, he's a stud. He's obviously a, I mean, he's a great football mind, but I mean, it was cool for me to, to view and observe, you know, his relationships with the kids and, and how to run a program the right way, uh, how to deal with parents. Um, you know, you name it, all, all the things that, You know, high school coaches have on their plates, which is is you know a ton. Um, It was it was a a real learning experience for me to observe from a great mentor and a great leader like Coach Strain. Um, uh, So yeah, so so I was I was teaching and coaching at Hastings High School. Did that for the next three years and sitting. I was teaching uh, civics class, fifth period, and uh, you know this was probably around February. And uh, saw my phone buzz, and you, you're not supposed to answer your phone in, in, uh, you know, while you're teaching or anything like that. So. Nah, you're never, so we're I, never I on like, our phones ever. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I had my, my planning period or my prep period next. It was about five minutes later, so I quick silenced it and sent a quick text to JVD, John Van Dam, who was uh, – he GA'd at Augie for two years and was my receiver coach my senior year after Coach Salem left for Michigan State and uh, Coach Aldrich became the head coach. He's a guy, you know, I was 22, 22 years old um, when he was my receiver coach and he was probably 25, 26. And, um, you know, we just always we had a great relationship and always kept in touch. And it's crazy. I never once mentioned anything to him about having aspirations to coach college football. You know, he knew I had a love for football. He knew I loved coaching uh, high school ball. And so when I called him back over my prep period, you know, I'll never forget it. He says, uh, you know, I, I know you're really happy up there coaching and teaching at Hastings. Uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to mess your life up or anything, but you know, we've got a GA opportunity here at the university of Florida. Um, I don't know if you got any sort of shot, but if you're interested, take the GRE, apply to school, um, and then come work our summer camp here in June. So, I mean, I didn't even know what to say. Like, I, I mean, I just got done with fifth period civics and, and uh, I'm going, wait, this is like University of Florida. Is this the Gators? Like this is, I used, so, to, I used to just. So you're, saying,
1: so you're saying seventh hour you came in and you were already doing the Gator Chomp when you were teaching oh, class? Yeah.
2: For, for sure. <laughs> I, you know, I had the Tim Tebow, Percy Harvin highlight videos up. And, no, but it, you know, it was crazy. I, I was sitting there like, God, you know, when I was a kid, I was playing NCAA football, and I was always doing a dynasty with, uh, with the University of Florida. I probably had 12 seasons under my belt. And like, you know, it just, you just sit there, you're pinching yourself going, what, dude, are you, is this a prank? <laughs> uh, like, I'm the past game coordinator and special teams coordinator at Hastings High School. Never coached any collegiate ball. Never had any aspirations to do so. And I just get a random phone call from a guy that I, I built a quality relationship with. Um, so anyway that was February. Um, by April he told me, yeah, I think we're we're going a different direction or I think coach Mack and Nuss are going different direction, but you know, it wouldn't hurt to apply just in case that doesn't work out. Cause I didn't know it at the time, but F- Florida is a really, really tough school to get into. Mm. Um, so they were struggling just getting GAs into school. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and Harvard of the South, nonetheless. Yeah, (laughs) Harvard of the South, no doubt. They say you know the the joke around there is that you uh, you go to Florida State for your undergrad to party, and then you go to Florida when you're serious about your grad program or whatever. (laughs) So it's just kind of you know you got all the Florida State Florida rivalry and the jabs that go back and forth. But anyway, so. So I, you know, I didn't know if it was even a real possibility, even by April, but I did everything that Coach Van Dam told me to do. I applied to school. I took the GRE. I was having, you know, I had a senior study hall and hadn't taken a math class since I was a senior in high school, you know, 10 year, 10, 11, 12 years prior, whatever it was. And so I was having my, my seniors in my study hall, my honors that were in honors algebra or whatever. <laughs> or pre calc or whatever it was, they were tutoring me on the math section of the G R E. Can't make uh, this stuff
1: up, man. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it's just crazy. It's like and I, you know, I'm I'm feeling like I'm uh you know, they're probably looking at me going, How the heck did you even get a degree? <laughs> like like this is ninth tenth grade stuff that we're teaching you right now. <laughs> Uh, But anyway, so they, they, uh, they coached me up and and they taught me a little bit about uh, how to get through the the math part of the GRE and, um, you know, got the score I needed to get into grad school at Florida and uh, went down and coached camp in June. And still at that point, I really didn't know if I had a shot, but um, I I thought it'd be pretty cool to go get to coach high school camp at uh, uh, the university of Florida. And yeah, you know, it was, it was cool, but this is before they had the indoor built and it was the first week in June in the swamp and, and I mean So it wasn't cool about it. <laughs> it, it. No doubt. It felt like it was two hundred degrees. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't breathe. I'm you know, I'm from Minnesota where I'm, you know, going I'm sweating my sweating my butt off when it's seventy five degrees out. But uh yeah, so anyway, it was kinda cool. The the last day of camp. Um, you know, Coach Mac called me into his office. Um, I had already kind of met with Coach Nussmeyer the offensive coordinator, uh, a couple times throughout camp, and you know, it was kind of nerve-wracking because you're running a, you know, a few drills, and, and you know, five feet away from you, you got Coach Mac and Coach Nuss just staring you down, just kind of, you know, they're they're evaluating or they're seeing how you interact with kids, and you know, it was a pretty nerve-wracking experience. Um, and the last day, Coach Mac calls me into his office and. You know, it just says, hey, so tell me a little bit about yourself. And so I start talking. The first thing I say, you know, well, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I coach at a school called Hastings High School. <laughs> he goes, St. Paul, Minnesota. Isn't that like the pl- – I was watching something on the Food Network or the Travel Channel, and I saw something about how that's like the the place where the Juicy Lucy burger was originated, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, the burger where you put all the condiments inside the burger. You, have, you got the bacon and the, you know, everything you want on a burger is built inside the burger. He's like, yeah, man, that's, that's my favorite burger. And he just goes, we probably had a 10 to 15 converse, ten to fifteen minute conversation about the Juicy Lucy. <laughs> um, it is a tasty burger. Yeah, and because the story goes, this long story short, it's, um, you know, there's these two restaurants in these hole-in-the-wall restaurants in St. Paul that they claim to be they both claim to be the originator of the Juicy Lucy and it's just kind of a rivalry or whatever but anytime you order a Juicy Lucy just know it came from St. Paul Minnesota well anyway Coach Coach Mack knew that and uh and uh you know we talked about that for 10-15 minutes and then Coach Nuss walks in and goes what the hell are you guys doing and Coach Mack looks at him and goes well trying to get to know this kid and I couldn't really I'm you know, struggling to feel him out early but apparently he likes juicy Lucy burgers so I think I might offer him a job
1: <laughs> <laughs> see it's so, always anyway, who you know and what kind of food you like there you go
2: I, I guess so yeah you that's, that's proof of that yeah <laughs> <laughs> no doubt <laughs> no doubt so um yeah so anyway then he brings the DFO in uh George Wynn who you know, probably, you know, my opinion, I haven't been around a ton, but everyone you talk to, they say he's the best in the game. Wheezy, we call him. Um, but he comes in, he goes, yeah, no, Eric's been accepted into grad school. Uh, he's got everything in. Uh, he's good to go. So it was like from that point on, um, you know, he offered me the, the position. And by the end of July, I was I was down in Gainesville. Um, you know, as we're talking two, three weeks before fall camp. And, I mean, it was, whew, was a wind. lot of learning, those yeah those three weeks and i remember you know second first second day of practice you know i'm out there and and uh antonio calloway our stud receiver he's a true freshman at the time he looks back he goes what you know it's his first practice second practice whatever he looks back and goes hey what route do i have on this and i'm looking down at my script <laughs> going, dude i don't know any of these plays <laughs> just run a go <laughs> route. i go bro i'm sorry man i I, like i just i just got here i don't even you know i don't even know what day it is so (laughs) what
1: what, and what and what's your name too by the way
2: (laughs) exactly hey 81 yeah run a plant hopefully hopefully we're we're right here (laughs) but no i mean it it was crazy i mean it was uh, a lot of you know a lot of learning on the fly um that first that those first couple weeks for fall camp you know they it's kind of that that old term the, the fastest way to teach a, a bird how to fly is just push him out of the nest he will figure it out so um you know I, that, that's kind of how it was for a little bit i was fortunate to have john van dam who was there he's quality control and he was with coach Nuss at alabama prior to, to being at florida and they're also together at michigan um so it was it was nice to kind of have him to, to coach me up and, and walk me through some some things and teach me teach me a lot of ball and you know, those first three, four weeks there in fall camp, you know, it's, it was kind of an intimidating experience because, you know, I'm sitting there with very little coaching experience and, and, uh, you know, coming from small, small Augustana college. And, you know, I'm sitting in the, in a room with Randy Shannon and, and Doug Nussmeier and coach McElwain and won national championships. And, you know, I'm I'm like I'm so afraid to ask any question in the world. And I remember one day we were—I t- don't even remember what it was—but they were talking about you know a triple A AAA Fonzie pressure, and I just kind of perked up, and said, "Hey, coach, what what the heck's triple A Fonzie?" And you know, it was kind of like the first moment I spoke in the room. You know, in about two three weeks, hey, you
0: can talk, All and, right.
2: <laughs> and it was it was cool because I, I just remember like how much. Kind of it took for me to just even speak up and coach Nuss right from the get go was just excited to teach me ball you know from that you know that moment on and just kind of from that early moment, I just knew that you know i'm surrounded by uh, obviously a ton of great football minds, but guys who are really willing to teach me you know a young coach who doesn't know who thought I knew a lot of ball and realized I didn't and uh, you know they were they were really welcoming and, and really willing to to teach me everything that they that they had you know all the all the ball that they've learned over the years and you know that's I learned a lot from those guys early on and and uh yeah spent three years at Florida and and we had a lot of success you know won two two SEC East championships and uh won 10 games first year and and nine the next and then uh we had a rough rough go at it this past year um it was yeah, it was a uh, no excuses or anything. It was just an odd year, you know. It's just uh we got a lot of suspensions, a lot of injuries, and by the end of the year you're talking a division one football program playing with forty eight full ride scholarship players. It's just it was uh it was a rough year and you find out when you have a rough year, you know, the SEC culture and the SEC fan base, they're not too forgiving. They don't really care about what's going on. It's just that if that win record isn't where it needs to be or that offensive production isn't where it needs to be. It's next next staff in, so kind of find that culture out pretty quick, and yeah, so now uh, we all, I was able to get a, a master's degree out of it, and um, you know, it's kind of, it, it was kind of cool uh, the, that uh, at the end of, <clears throat> or I'm sorry, before this third year, Coach Mack pulled me into his office, and we had, you know, we're talking about life a little bit, and he offered me a, an opportunity to stay beyond, you know, the GA my GA role because I was, uh, I was going to graduate in December, which I did and, uh, stay on the support staff. And unfortunately, you know, we, things didn't go down the way we would have liked this, this past year. And, and we all got let go. They hired Dan Mullen and he brought his own staff in, which is, you know, pretty common in, in this industry. And, uh, yeah, but I mean, it was the three years at Florida was, I mean, nothing, nothing short of awesome. It was, uh, an experience that, you know, I'll be forever grateful for.
0: I'm sure and I'm sure like you said that that first uh, month that you were there was just like a just an unbelievable amount of of information thrown at you as far as hey here learn the entire playbook learn formations learn routes learn everything and you got about a month until we get started so I'm sure that learning curve was just I mean every single hour of the day you were learning something new
2: right and and it was you're exactly right and it wasn't just you know learning the playbook or you know learning or expanding my football IQ it was you know I was the guy that excuse me I was the guy that was um doing the pass drawing, the pass install drawings on Visio. And, and I had never even heard of Microsoft Vizio prior to getting <laughs> to the University of Florida and I'm it's just like here you go dude this is your job and it's you know coach Mack who, who I have a ton of respect for he's I mean he's a great he's a great coach but he's a, a better person well he you know he's former offensive coordinator at Alabama and, and Nuss was as well. Well, they, they learned from Nick Saban and they like to, that if you're from the Saban mold, you kind of like to create a little bit of a, a chaos in your office. Cause coach Max's whole philosophy was like, well, if, if we make it a bit chaotic during the week and we put you in kind of impossible time crunches and, and give you deadlines that are extremely hard to meet, um, game day is going to be easy was kind of his logic with that. So, you know, it's sometimes uh, the practice, you know, where you'd like to just say, oh, I'm just going to stay here as late as I need to at night and get all my scout cards done or get all my scripts done or get all my pass drives done. It's like, well, Coach Mack wouldn't went sit down and, and do the practice plan till about 11 a.m. And then we'd script, and then we'd have a 3 o'clock practice. So those, those and four you scramble. hours was like yep. – it was a NASCAR race. Oh, I mean, I it bet. was just, and you know, it's all by design. And I think it, I think there's a lot of merit to that. Hmm. You know, where that's that's what Coach Mack wanted. He, he just said, "Hey, if we're able to get this stuff done, and, and we're able to get it done right, and, and we can handle this chaos a little bit from time to time. Game day, game day is going to be easy. It's it's going to slow down for you, and um, you know, I think there is a lot of merit behind that. But at the same time, there's a lot of days where. My heart was beating pretty fast, <laughs> going. I gotta get these. I gotta get these Skelly cards done by six. You know, whatever. I, 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 I bet so. you're
0: like, uh, that's all well and good, Coach. Do you think you can come in at nine today and get that done? Because I really <laughs> enjoy those extra two
2: hours. <laughs> no doubt, exactly. Dude, I, um, I remember
1: but. it was when you're running like the scout team B because I assume you had to run some of the scout team coverages that you're having to draw up. Oh yeah, yep. So I remember, you know, at Tulsa having to do that and they're up-tempo. We're going to go fast. So they're like, the first practice, you guys need to have cards. I'm like, you're going to have cards and you guys are going to go no huddle. How's that going to work? Because I'm going to stand there, I'm going to have to hold cards, and you guys are going to be complaining at me. Coach Walls, we've got to go faster. Let's go, <laughs> let's go. So I'm like, I go, this is going to last all of four plays, just so you guys watch. So I remember that first practice, we had it all color-coded, beautiful, telling guys where to go, telling them what to do. It was the first thing, literally two, three plays in. We got to go. Let's go. Let's go. Get those guys lined up. So, literally, we had to meet with the guys after that. We installed our own defense. We called it. We got our own calls. We had our own hand signals and everything. And it's like, all right, you guys get lined up and let's go. And literally, the next practice, they were able to do it, able to understand it, and and go do it. But it's like, I'm like, how the hell can you have cards during these practices? And then the thing
2: is, they can't read it right. They're not going to run it anyway exactly it's oh man we could probably talk about scout team experiences for about three podcasts worth oh, dude. <laughs>
0: dude. Oh. And, and the worst is when you're on the offensive scout team because defense never draws it up right
2: dude, no. oh, scout, no, they're
0: they're like, oh yeah just block the three and then all of a sudden there are and no three on either side and you're like oh okay yeah. And they're screaming at you because you didn't block it right. <laughs> they're in an odd. They come right. on an odd, odd front, and they're twisting. Yeah. Hey, check it to the three. They're in an odd front. I don't know. Figure it out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true, too. So true.
0: That's great. Yeah, but and what seems hard, the difficult part for me, anyways, about all the different coverages and stuff is. Um, you know, it seems like with run game and some of that stuff, everyone kind of calls everything the same for the most part. At least you can say, hey, I want to, you know, let's run power. And maybe you call it a different play, but everyone calls it power. But um, what I'm kind of figuring out with coverages, the little I've been in is every single coach has a different name for even the concept of certain coverages. So that gets really, right. really quick.
2: Yeah, and no doubt. I mean, and even, even within the same program, I mean, when we're doing breakdowns, you know, I'm breaking down opposing defenses in Coach Nussmeyer and Coach Max language, you know, <laughs> uh, how, what they call things. But that's way different than what our defensive coordinator, either Randy Shannon or Jeff Collins, the terms they use for their defense.
0: Exactly. So yeah,
2: when we get the scout team, you know, I've got guys that are playing in Coach Collins or Coach Shannon's defense and using their terminology, but I'm coaching them up using Nuss and Max defensive terminology which are two totally different languages yeah so, <laughs>
0: yeah, dude. so I mean
2: yeah it, it was challenging at times and I got to the point where I mean I would look I would look on the script I know the <laughs> offensive play we're running and you know if it's supposed to be a, a version of cover four and, and we're running you know dig post to one side I'm just telling that safety hey you're man on this dig right here.
1: <laughs> let him throw <laughs> just, the post.
2: <laughs> yep, just, you know, and I, I don't tell him any more than that. Like, hey, we're not in cover 4 here, dude. You, you're man on number 2. <laughs> cuz I know he's running a dig and I just want I just want that post to be one-on-one so I don't get my behind ripped.
1: <laughs> I I always loved it too because they it was fun at Tulsa too cuz they they'd let us pick the defenses because they're like, "Hey, you you guys watch the most film so you you guys script in the defensive looks for these things so the, the first day we'd usually try to make it easy you know hey they're, they're installing plays let's give them base looks but then tuesday we always call it blitz tuesday and we'd start heating them up and we'd start giving them crazy looks and now what does that do instantly you know five plays in what the hell kind of defense is these they won't run this defense <laughs> So you would So you always have to. You'd always have to come back, and then I'd have the breakdown. I'm like, hey, coach. You know, they they actually do this. You know, three quarters of the time, or they do this half the time. Like, oh, my well, God. Well, I'm glad you put it in there, but man,
2: that was pissing me off during practice. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. It's it's one of those things. It's kind of um, you know, it's you, when you're out there on the field and you're coaching up the scout team guys. You want them to play hard. You want them to play fast. You obviously want them to play within the scheme, but. You know, when they start to have some success, I mean, you're fired up for them, and especially when they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. But when practice is, in, is done and we're in that meeting room and we're watching film, it's like, you know, if we didn't have a good day offensively, it's a lot of Coach Nuss or Coach Dixon or whoever going, hey, E, what's your safety doing, right? You know, it's a lot of <laughs> Oh, dude, it, it, so,
1: that is so true. It's always the scout coach's
2: fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but, you know, it's. It's you kind of learn that pretty quick, and when you know that's how it's going to be, I mean, it's you, you kind of you're fine with it and you roll yes. with it. And you know, I was able to build some some thick skin throughout my time there, but at the same time, you know, I, I really appreciated that. I mean, Coach Nuss and Coach Macard, there's they're not two guys in this profession or in this world that I, you know, I have more respect for. They the thing I I respected the most out of them is they demanded a lot out of me. Yeah. Um, you know and it's yeah there's some days you get frustrated there's some days you want to beat your head into a wall and <laughs> but you it's know part looking of the experience. back on things and right reflecting on it i mean uh being a ga it's it's uh i always think you're in an elite fraternity i mean p bake said it best on the podcast you know yeah. two weeks ago or, or whatever it was that you know you're <laughs> you're working 20 hours a day for about three cents an hour but you know that's an experience you went trade for the world and and it's a, it's a fraternity, and, and uh, you know, like I said, I mean, you, yeah, you get your butt ripped every now and then, but, you know, those, those are the things you look back on and say, yeah, you know, it made me a better person, made me a better coach, and, and I'm glad that people were tough on me, um, you know, to make sure I did things right.
1: Co- coach Harper said this a lot, and, and I've always agreed with him. I mean, your, your best players want to be coached hard. You know, all, no all those guys want to be great. And I think n- none of it changes when you're a coach too. So, I mean, you've played the game, you've been coached hard, you get used to it. It's, it's the guys that do take that stuff personal, you know, and it's like, Hey man, it, that's part of the learning experience. You know, you're going to get ripped, you're, you're going to get corrected. But if you want to be a great coach, that's, that's kind of part of the process you go through, you know, things get heated on Saturdays when, and I imagine down there when millions of dollars are on the line yeah, it's, it's a pretty stressful profession. So it just kind of comes right. with the territory, you know, but at, at the same and, time and I, I liked it cause I wanted to get coached hard
2: no matter what. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's, you, you find pretty quickly too how important even, you know, as, as a GA, or if you're a student assistant or, or whatever, how important your role is. I mean, I think of, you know, like it's, I said earlier, I was responsible for the past drawings on the install using Visio and You know, just something as simple as, okay, if we're, you know, we've got our cover two beater with a, you know, out of doubles with a a grab and a, you know, just a speed dig at 14 yards. Well, if I draw that thing at 12 yards and we go out to the practice field and the kid runs it wrong, okay, Coach Mack is ripping Nuss, our offensive coordinator, who's ripping the receiver coach, who's then ripping the kid. Well, whose fault is it really? It's my fault because I drew the thing wrong, you know? Yep. Yeah, and, and when that was installed in the meeting, the kid, it was presented that it was at 12 yards because that's how I drew it. And so you, well, what I'm getting at is, you know, the importance of that attention to detail, like you said, is, is when you screw up, you, you want to be coached because your role, no matter what it is, is extremely important. No matter whether you're the head coach, offensive coordinator, or a GA. I mean, it's, you find pretty quick how the pieces of the puzzle come together and how important it is that, that you know, they are coming together correctly.
0: Coach, um, you said you weren't, you know, the, the biggest and the fastest and the strongest when you played, so you had to be, you know, a, a technician to be able to get on the field and play. I've always kind of said those guys make the best coaches. It's just from from what I've seen. Um, the guys that have always been freak athletes, it seems like to me they don't have to learn the technique as well, and so then a lot of those guys get into coaching, and, and some of them don't do as good of a job, but the really good ones that I've seen happen to be the guys that don't have all the physical abilities in the world, but still get to play because of their technique. Uh, how have you seen, or, or have you seen that help you out as a coach? Uh, you know, having to be such a technician to get on the field that as a, as a player.
2: Right. And, and that's your, I think you're, you're spot on with that. You know, I like probably any kid going from high school to college, you're the best player on your high school team. And, and you go to college and you, you find out pretty quick that everybody on your team was the best player in their high school team. And, you got to kind of find your niche to see the field. And, and my brother was a phenomenal wide receiver. He had a ton of ability. And, and I mean, coach walls could probably attest to that. He was, I mean, great, great he football was, a, player. he was, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a stud and, and he I'll just be the first to admit he was a lot better and a lot more gifted than I was. Um, but I found out pretty quick that, you know, I wasn't in high school anymore and I had, I had to find out ways to get on the field and, and, uh, you know, I think Coach Walls and Coach Salem always told me, "Hey, you got to be that kind of lunch bucket, hard hat type receiver. You got to be just kind of, you know, like I just said, bring your hard hat and your lunch pail and go to work every day. And you got to outwork people. You got to block your tail off, and, and you know, you got to make the most of your opportunities when the ball comes your way. And you got to buy into <clears throat> to the detail and, and be that technician. And you're exactly right. That applies so much to coaching, where you know you you really stress." That attention to detail, um, and and I think because those coaches instilled that in me early in my career, um, you know I, I bought into that as a co- as, as a player, and by the time I became a coach, like I didn't have to, I mean nobody really had to stress to me the the attention to detail piece because I feel like that was already instilled in me by those coaches I had early on in my playing career. Um, and you know I think, think you're right that that kind of builds a desire in you to continue learning and and, and um you know it, it's cool when you get the studs the the all world freak athletes to buy into that as well you know right um, yeah, that's yeah. what I wanted
1: to ask you about i mean what what's it what's it like or what are some of the strategies you know maybe you employed or you saw employed to to maybe kind of inspire those guys to do some of the other roles because like you said those guys are you know all of a sudden now they're they're blown up on social media they got stars next to their name you know they got all kinds of people pumping up their ego and now you're asking them hey dude you're gonna stock block for three seconds here on this bubble you know how do you how do you get those dudes to buy in
2: yeah that's a great question i think uh you know, everybody who thinks they're going Division One or going to play in the SEC or whatever, they think, oh, well, hey, I'm definitely going to the NFL. Well, I mean, you can humble kids pretty quick by just still, even at that level, throwing some statistics on the board and saying, hey, <laughs> there's only 11% of this room that's going to go on and play more than one season in the NFL. And that's, you know, that's, that's fact. And, and so even at that level, you know, you got all – and you look at the first-round draft picks. I mean, the majority of first-round draft picks were three-star recruits coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for those four- and five-star recruits to kind of come in pretty big-headed and, and think that they can just let their ability and their talent take over. But I think, I think um, you know, iron sharpens iron. And you, you get those kids in competitive environments as much as possible. And and you find out early on the ones that'll stink and the ones that'll swim. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just know that, we really stress that NFL um, kind of experience to our kids as far as, hey, these, we have scouts at every practice, and they're, yeah. in the, they're in the meeting room before practice watching film, watching practice film. So, you know, if, if there's a guy wanting to take a day off or just kind of coast through practice, these scouts are going to see it. Um, if, if, there's a, if there's a coach on the, on the staff that some – kid doesn't like or a player doesn't like you know or, or, or whatever I mean it just kind of stresses the quality of building you know quality relationships because those scouts are going to those coaches and asking hey tell me about this guy I've seen what he can do on the field what's he like uh in, in the classroom these scouts are going to to the janitors they're going to the GAs they're going to the personnel department or the scouting department you know trying to find every piece of information because everybody's talented everybody can play the game um you know they they want to know hey if we're investing in this player you know is this going to be a long-term secure investment and it's it's the off the field stuff it's the things you say on social media it's how you treat teammates and things like that and, and like you said it's it's all right will they block will they do the little things right that will you know give them a long career in the nfl or secure whatever team's investing in them who's securing their investment and and so it's just a lot of just presenting the facts, presenting the information of these players. We have a lot of speakers. We've had GMs in to speak to our guys and uh, a lot of uh, just kind of, kind of speakers that we'd bring in that, that didn't make the right decisions. And like we had uh, Chris Heron in one, one day, I don't know if you guys are familiar with his story.
1: His story's awesome. Um, he's, he's one of the guys I listen to. Unbelievable. He's unbelievable. awesome.
2: Unbelievable. And so, I mean, he came in, uh, we, we just have a ton of speakers, and, and I, I do think that, you know, through speakers or um, letting scouts come in, and, and these guys seeing scouts every day, and, you know, they, they catch on pretty quick that it's just, you know, just because you're at the University of Florida doesn't mean you're going to have this long career in the NFL. I mean, the statistics show otherwise, and, and there's countless examples of people that, for lack of a better term, just screw it all up
1: completely agree man it it doesn't it doesn't become an automatic i think it also helped too i mean you you point out a lot of the the guys that play special teams and things like that it's like okay you want to go play in the league well you know if they keep six receivers you know three or four you're probably going to have to play special teams so it kind of puts it into puts it into perspective perspective for those guys as well um yeah. Talk a little bit about, you know, your, your hours were obviously long as a GA, but, you know, what, what were some of your other roles out, outside of, you know, outside of just coaching and being involved in, in just the, the game planning, the film breakdown and stuff like that? What's some of the other stuff? Because I think a lot of people that look to get into to being a GA, they're like, oh, yeah, it's all about ball. It's all about ball. But what are some of the other things that you had to do?
2: Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, that's a great question. It was, uh, you know, something different every day obviously we had this, we called our, our support staff. And G, so we had QCs and GAs, student assistants, whoever helped out. We called the, we called our fraternity, the CLU, the cheap labor union. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was, uh, I, I mean, we do, we do everything from, I mean, a lot of times you're not even, you're not able to go to the, you know, your position meetings or, your yep. your game plan meetings or things like' cause you're you're getting your scout cards done or you're getting your your pass install or your protection install or whatever you know i mean it, there's times i'm I'm putting together you know elaborate youtube video motivational youtube videos or or you know <laughs> preview rap songs to give out the daily award or whatever yep and yeah. that's you know a, a thirty second video that takes you two hours to make or whatever you know so little things like that you know and it's just I remember that first offseason season, we're, we're sitting down and uh, we put the GAs put together this big, long uh, self-scout folder, you know, of, of all of our all of our runs, all of our um, past concepts. And then we build the cut ups to go along with those statistics. And then we watch as an offensive staff to say, OK, here's all of our here's all of our, let's say, one back power we're going to, we're going to watch this cut up and see what we did well, how we can improve the play, um, uh, take notes so we can clean it up for spring ball or whatever. So, you know, me being a receiver quarterback guy or whatever that first off season, I'm pumped to just sit down and just watch inside zone, outside zone. You know, I'm, I'm excited to just learn yep. so a lot of those days, you know, I'm, I'm dialed in and I'm 15 minutes into this cut up and I'm listening to the, the whole line and the, the whole line coaches and our, our, uh, offense coordinator talk, you know, talk power or talk inside zone or outside zone. And then, uh, you know, Coach Nuss needs me to go run run copies of something or needs me to run an errand or, you know, and then you, you miss hey, the whole, you, you're out of the room for the next two hours and you're like, God, we had a <laughs> – I won't drop any names, but yeah. I remember I'd have to go pick up a receiver, bring him to class, and then I had to sit outside the building to make sure he didn't leave class. <laughs> but, I'm I mean, telling you, man. It's uh, I mean, you do a lot of, a lot of babysitting, and and um, you know, it's a lot of these kids really haven't. I mean, some I shouldn't say a lot, but some of the kids have never had any structure in their lives, and and you got to walk them through and show them how it's done. And and in the beginning stages of that teaching progression is a lot of hand holding and babysitting and showing them how they need to do things right and why they need to do it right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a lot of bringing kids to class, making sure they're. Go to you study know, table, help
1: them with their paper, help them with their math.
2: Hey,
0: We had a kid at Houston, and he was a really good player, but the coach had said, "One more, you miss one more class, you're, you're off the team or you're miss a game, whatever it was. Well, he followed that up by making one of the GAs take him to every single class that he had. So, didn't even <laughs> – get it's a class but ended up didn't for the kid but just made that ga's life hell because he had to pick him up every day to take him to class
2: oh yeah and, and you know it's like sometimes because you can't just call the kid and he's gonna pick up his phone because if you're no, calling him he knows he's no. or, yeah, he ain't gonna or answer. so so you know you had to get creative like i'm okay so-and-so missed class. All right, who's his girlfriend? I'm going to give his girlfriend a call. I'm going to send her a Facebook message and find out where this kid's at so I can go yep. pick him up. Like, <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, it's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, you you, you do a lot of that, uh, making sure they're at breakfast because if they're a minute late for breakfast, then, then you know, then it's my fault or, or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, I, I don't – I don't know if I should share this, but I, I will anyway. So Coach Nussmeyer, who you know, I I spent three years with Nuss and I kinda of, this last full year was kind of his right hand guy and you know, which I love because you know, he trusted me and gave me a lot of responsibility and and um all that. But anyway, he from his time playing in the NFL and, and playing at Idaho beforehand and tearing it up, you know, he he had a pretty bad hip injury and he had a very, very um distinct limp like and we would make fun of him all the time And he's trying to jog around and it's just i mean he's walking like steve spurrier does so anyway he finally got hip surgery this past spring and you know i picked him up every morning and would bring him back at night and uh you know he's, he's sitting in this recliner chair and there's like six in the morning and he's uh it's like day one or two after surgery and I, i'm putting his socks on his feet and it was like day two he just looks down at me and he goes e you have no idea how freaking embarrassing this is (laughs) but yeah i mean you're doing everything from from film break defensive breakdowns the pass install drawings the scout cars to putting socks on your boss's feet um it's
1: uh picking them up at the airport picking up the kids Texting oh, their yeah. wives for them. I mean, dude, it's, it's absolutely nuts. It's weird.
0: Nothing, nothing right. made me matter as a player than when they had to call in a GA to like turn on the computer. Like you're, oh, dude. You're, getting paid, <laughs> you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars and you can't figure out how to turn on the computer or plug it in and unplug it. And they're getting mad at the GA because he's off making cards because they waited to the last minute. Uh, the coaches did to give it to him, but the, computer's not working or the the bulb <laughs> uh, whatever went out and he, all you got to do is you know restart it but they don't have any clue how to do that,
2: and right. how does that I don't yeah.
0: I never understood how no coach knew, knew how to turn on a computer
2: it's oh it's, it's hilarious and like so when I was talking about Nuss and I like we we had a, a great relationship and like I said he was pretty demanding on me but the players kind of caught on to it where our quarterbacks um Austin Appleby and Luke Del Rio they just Anytime and they Nuss kind of has a pretty raspy voice and it's like he would he would anytime anything would go wrong, whether it was my fault or it wasn't my fault, Luke and Austin would just Eric, Eric, what the hell's going on with this like this? They they could impersonate him better than anyone and it would like if I was in the room, I'd perk up and I'd be like what what's going on? What well, you know? What what's wrong? And and I just see Luke is Austin just cheesing out. Just, oh man! So, but no, it it was it was uh, you know we we had a great relationship and uh, kind of the players caught on and and we all had had some fun with it. So, but yeah, I mean, G, GA's you're doing everything, man. It's different every day. You never know what to expect. Um, and you're right. A lot of times you're turning a computer on for somebody or getting coffee or teaching them how to use a Keurig or, or whatever.
1: How about, how about this one, Eric? With, with, I again, I won't name names, but I tried to teach him like, Hey, there's a shared drive, right? A shared folder. You guys can open up. So I just click on this little folder down here and you open up today's practice plan and you can type in your place for the script, right? Well, our guy, yeah. our guy insisted on, pulling that up, printing it off, writing those in there. And then you'd have to go print it off afterwards. And then he would make corrections. So it was like, it was like you were writing a novel every single day. I'm like, uh, oh, yeah. I can just open up the file here and I can just type this in. No, no, no. I want you to print this off again. And then I'll, I'll make corrections. So you print it off. They would make corrections by hand on there. And then they'd hand it back to you and you would have to reopen it, type it in. Okay. Is that good? You have to print off another copy. So some days you go through like four copies of the script and you wouldn't use any of that stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. I want to punch somebody right now.
2: But <laughs> so they could, that they, happens they li- every day.
1: Literally, literally, I was just like, you guys are like the masters of inefficiency right now. <laughs> Which is why, when I would, seriously, when I go to places, I'd always go talk to the GAs anytime. Because they'd be like, oh, yeah, hey, come up anytime you want. We'll watch some film. You know, they're like, well, you know, Coach so-and-so is not going to be there. And Coach so-and-so is going to be like, I, I, I don't care. He's not going to be able to load up the computer. I go, just tell me if the GA is going to be there. Oh, hey, this GA will be there. All right, cool. I'll be good. And then the GA gives you everything you want. Like, hey, sit down. Let's talk a little bit of ball. All right, turn on the computer. Okay, what what cut up should I watch? And he'd be like, oh, watch this one. Watch this one. Watch this one. All right, cool. Okay, what are your guys' best spring drills? Okay, this one, this one, this one. You know, the guys always want to go talk to the coach.
2: It's rarely you find a guy that knows where all that stuff is. Very rare. Right. No doubt. And, you know, I found it's the same, like, um, when, when we had scouts in like the scouts that they, they, they don't want to talk to the head coach or the, you know, no. the the full time. Cause you know, they're good, They, they feel like they're going to sell like, They're going straight to the GAs. They're going to the, yeah. <laughs> so I found early on, I'm like, why do these, like, uh, these guys have no clue who I am. Like they, they know who coach McEwen is. They know who coach Nussmeyer is. They know who coach Shannon is like, why are they spending time talking to me about, you know, this receiver or this running back? And, but you're exactly right because they're going to give them the information they want, and you know they're just—they're not going to hold back. <laughs> I,
1: I've been—I've been trying to tell Harper that for a long time. I think he's catching on, man. You always go—always go talk to the GAs. They're like—they're yep. like the janitors of the building, man. The eyes and ears of the operation.
0: Well, they're the ones that are willing, you know, they don't think that they're too good to talk to you for the most part. I mean, there's yep. certain certain places they, they kind of are, but for the most part, you know, they, they've got just as much knowledge as a lot of those coaches do, and, and they're actually willing to share it and uh, talk with you and, and be on the same level or maybe just a little bit above you than, you know, some of those coaches that are way, think, way highly of themselves.
2: <laughs> right, no doubt. And I always found, too, whenever – um various coaches would come in it, it was an opportunity for me as a GA to just kind of have 20-30 minutes to just sit down and talk ball and watch yes. me and there you go you know it's and it's you know it's just as rewarding for the GA you know to just sit down and kind of have a half hour of uninterrupted just football you know yeah and because like I said earlier you know you're I'm sitting down trying to trying to learn more about our one back power's scheme and it's like 10 minutes in okay i gotta go run this errand or i gotta go get this kid or i gotta get this person coffee or whatever
1: yeah dude i i I totally agree it was awesome when those guys would come in and then a lot of times you know you'd kind of have to give you know the the company line well here's what we do at tulsa and then after a while they'd be like well hey what would you do you know because you you'd been in the high school level and all of a sudden now it gave you a chance to kind of show well here's what i've learned i saw this i saw texas a&m did this or I saw University of Houston's doing this, I think I'd try to implement that. And then they'd be like, well, cool, can we watch some film on that? Yeah, I know exactly where it's at. Whereas if they were asking one of the receiver coaches, be like, yeah, do we have any Houston film? Hold on, where's walls? You know, oh, I mean, they, you know, you, you'd have all that stuff queued up or I'd already had my cut up and stuff built. And there was so many high school coaches that came through that later on. And now I've been doing, you know, the, the RTP podcast, guys have been like, yeah, hey, I, I ran into you at, at Tulsa or whatever. And I feel bad because I'm like, well, you know, I, I apologize. I don't remember because I mean, there were so many guys that came through, but it's like you said, it right. was a chance. It was a chance to just sit down and feel like a coach again. You know, I didn't feel right. like an office assistant.
2: Exactly. You're yeah. You're exactly right. And it was, um, you know, I, I think uh, kind of getting a little off tangent, but I, I think of my three years gaing at Florida. Like I was so glad I ga gaed that third year. You know because. I went from, like I said, fall camp that first season to not knowing a play or just really just trying to survive each day, to that third year. You know, we're hiring new full time coaches, and and Coach Nuss would trust me to sit yeah. down with them and teach them the offense. You know, and I just think that that pro- three year progression is, is it was having the opportunity to GA, like like Coach Baker said in two podcasts ago. I mean, yeah, you, you don't make, mo- you don't make any money. You're working 20, 20, hours a day, seven days a week, but you're learning so much and you're building trust with those guys who have made it, who, you know, who, <clears throat> who you're doing everything for, you know, to the point where for me, year three, coach Nels is trusting me to build his cutups and run his meetings and do his summer voiceovers. And and teach the offense to our new hires. It was uh it was it's a cool progression and like I said, just kind of a, a very rewarding experience.
1: So what's next, E? I know uh moving on from Florida, what's kind of the the long term goal? I mean, do you wanna try to stay in the, the college game? Are you trying to go high school or what's the uh the end game for you or don't you really know yet?
2: Yeah, you know, at this point point it's kinda of getting a little you know, it's getting late now. A lot of schools have started spring ball. I'd like to <clears throat> I'd like to I'd like to continue coaching, you know, it's whether that's um, you know, that I felt I felt confident about some opportunities in in uh the high school level. I've I felt semi confident about opportunities in the NFL. You know, it's just like you're yeah, you know, and it doesn't really matter, you know, it's just I I find that I just want to coach ball and and um maybe that's the high school level, maybe that's the college level, you know, maybe you know I've got aspirations to coach professional ball someday. It's just, you know, I've I've found especially with being kind of having these two months of of kind of transition here that, shoot, when you're not around it, you miss it big time. And I don't really, you know, it doesn't really matter what level it's at. You just you miss the game, you miss the relationships with the kids. And you know I thought it was cool that I got to spend three years at Florida, and it's fun coaching in front of 90,000 fans. But what you find you you miss when it's gone is same thing you miss when you're when i left hastings high school you miss those relationships with those coaches and and more importantly those players um that all the extra stuff all the glitz and glamour um it's cool but that's not really what you miss at the end of the day um so for me to answer your question long-term goal you know i don't i guess i i don't really know because that's changed from from year to year it's changed from season to season um you know, six months ago, I thought, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm going to either be a quality control or, or I'm going to be assistant director of player personnel here at Florida. And, you know, we'll we'll figure out the next step from there. But um, you find out that this industry, you can get kind of shaken up a little bit. and um, So, yeah, that's a great question. And, and I, I I don't really know how to answer it, to be honest with you. I, I just know I want to coach ball. Um, you know, you. It's the same at every level. It's all about building relationships with, with the guys you coach with and the players you coach, more yep. importantly, and um, whether that's the highest level in the NFL or whether, you know, when I was the head J.V. coach at Hastings High School, I mean it's, it's a blast. Ball is you know, ball just having man, the opportunity to coach. Ball is ball, yep. It's all about relationships. It's all about uh, blocking and tackling
0: <laughs> and running the power.
2: That's right, running the power. Let's go. <laughs>
0: That's right. Uh, hey, coach, uh, to to kind of uh, wrap it up for you a little bit. Um, last thing I kind of ask everybody, but uh, you've gotten to obviously look watch some really good SEC football, some really good offensive lines. So, what's some what's some things an offensive line would do that would make you think really highly of their coach?
2: Um, <clears throat> tell you what, it's it's all about my favorite thing, and, and we really stressed it at Florida is, you know, when our running back breaks a, a big play it's, it, or a big run, it's so cool to see that backside tackle who who has no possible ability to get anywhere near the ball, sprinting downfield, you know, to, to one, you know, maybe possibly get that extra block or just be the first one to celebrate with the dude that just broke a huge run. I mean – we, we always talk to our players or we talk to our players of Florida about you got to, you know, loving, loving football. Do you love football? And you see kids like that, you know, you're a dude who's six five, three hundred forty 340 pounds. whose biggest fear in the world is having to run wind sprints or, or sprinting for a long <laughs> period of time saying, forget it, man, Jordan Scarlett just broke 40 yards. I'm sprinting there so I can celebrate with them or, or I'm, I'm, you know, trying to, trying to maybe get a block that that maybe will spring that 40-yard run into a a 60-yard touchdown or whatever you know it's just you can tell you know the O O line position is those guys are different that's a fraternity among fraternities I mean those guys are eating lunch together they're going out together they're hanging out together and when you see those guys just so enthusiastic and and kind of playing as one um, and doing all those little things right and, 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 you know, straining to finish and things like that. I mean, that's, for me, that's, that's what it's all about. And, and if you got an old line and you got a quarterback, you'll, you'll be okay.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> totally agree. Well, Coach E, man, appreciate you coming on. This was a, a really good one. I think, you know, you, you have a unique insight that a, a lot of people can really relate to. You know, there's a lot of guys that listen that, that want to be a GA and, and want to have some of that insight and there's also some guys that have kind of been in that spot, you know, where they are looking for a job and things like that. But they love football. So, appreciate you coming on, man. As always, it's it's good to talk to you. You did a hell of a job, man.
2: Well, hey, thanks. And, guys, I, I really appreciate you having me on. And and uh, Coach Walls, it's it's always great catching up with you because, you know, I, I'm not lying, man. It's I was very fortunate to be coached by you and, and you know, build a quality relationship with you and, and one that uh, will continue on for a long time. There's no doubt. Oh man, I'm proud of you. So well, hey, thanks, man. You you as well. <laughs> All right. Hey, and I want you. I want you. I gotta. I gotta add this too. You know, you you've obviously influenced my life extremely positively as a, as a football coach and, and when you were coaching me when I was a player. But you know, you also inspired me. You you taught me what the Big Lebowski was. I had no clue until I <laughs> met you. And then I, I remember sitting down, watching it, and, and to this day, it's 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 easily a top three favorite movie of mine. So I really appreciate that.
0: Coach, that my- makes two of us. <laughs> Balls, Balls introduced me to it, too, and now it's, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> just, hey, just, oh, we're, just,
1: we're just changing the world one
0: dude at a time.
1: <laughs> one dude at a
0: time. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt – long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.